Sir Charles Carey here. We've got another live one for you, and I'm really excited about this one, and you should be too because you just never know what you're going to learn and what you're going to get. So I want you to sit back and uh, take some notes and watch and see if you don't get a lot from this program today. And we'll be right back, okay? So listen, listen, it's time, it's time. We are not going to uh, delay the moment any longer. Uh, these two people that are here today, we met at a conference quite a few years ago, struck up a relationship, developed a friendship, went into business together for a little while, and still remain friends. So, you know, it's just great when you can meet uh, or have like-minded individuals on the same page and they come back or they uh, just stay a part of your life to do uh, very significant things. So without further ado, the Wheatons, Rick and Natasha. Hold on, guys. We're going to bring them right up to the stage. Bam. And there they are. <clears throat> How's it going? Hey. Hi. Good. How you doing? Good, Hi. good, good. Good to see you. I love the background. All earthy and natural. That's what's up. It's our <laughs> new so look, man. Oh, it was look. a good look, too, though. It's a good look. So listen, um, I like to just jump right into the thick of things. I'll just make a couple of quick announcements, additional announcements. Uh, folks, if you are listening in real time, by all means, you can hashtag live, grab a pen, paper. There may be something you'll pick up along the way. Uh, and if you're watching the replay, do the same thing, hashtag replay. And uh, by all means, I highly recommend you may gain a lot from this talk it's a conversation more so than an interview but what you'll find if you're not careful as you're having conversations with people there's always an opportunity to learn and that's what i like about life so with that being said rick tasha how you guys doing good we're doing great yeah good great. good great. so we're gonna go from way back to right now and we're gonna do that in a small amount of time because I know there's a lot that we can discuss. So now, Tasha, are you from here? Are you born stateside or were you born abroad? I was born in New Delhi, India. Nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, Rick, what about yourself? Native Washingtonian. Was born. And oh, you weren't in born in India too. <laughs> I was not. I born saw in you in India. some garb, man. You look like you was right at home, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Two two years ago we were there. Two three years ago we were there. Yeah. Okay. The wedding at our cousin's wedding. He was in full Indian, and he does look he sharp does. too. Look sharp. <laughs> so so let me just ask you this, um, Tasha. Let me start with you. How was life in India growing up as a little girl and maybe a teen? I don't know when you came, but from uh, your time there, growing up until before you came here stateside, how was life for you? Okay. Um, amazing. I have amazing memories of India. I was there till I was seven, and then we came out here. My dad uh, took a position with the World Bank, and um, we came out here, but, you know, we kept ties there. And in India, it was amazing growing up because there was just, there's a big extended family, so my parents both had active lives, obviously working and social life and all. Um, but there were aunties and uncles and cousins and you, you know, you were in all these houses that were all your home. And, yeah. um, so there was just a lot of love. There was a lot of different, um, mom's dad figures that were there constantly. Um, and, okay. and then we used to go to the mountains a lot. And so there was just a lot of, um, I was a horseback rider, really. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I saw you at a horse. You had the reins and you were really a little tyke. Yeah, they said sometimes that they weren't sure if I walked first or rode first. So, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And Rick, what about you? You know, growing up as a kid in the, in the DMV, you know, what was life like for you? <clears throat> Man, I grew up, um, actually, I split areas. I was born in uh, Georgetown University Hospital, 
Um, and then soon after that, I went to my, lived with my grandparents. My, I was born, um, my mom took care of me and my mom was a single mother. So part of the challenge I had early on was just not having a dad around, which, okay. you know, some folks deal with. And, and that was kind of a challenge, but which great, like Tasha said, is that we just had a big family. So mm-hmm. I went to live with my grandparents for a number of years. I came back as a preteen to the D.C. area, um, went to some great schools, um, made some great friends. The thing I loved about D.C. when I was a kid was and it's different now is that we were always outside. Okay. We were yeah. Always yeah, outside yeah. playing, you know, basketball, football, tag, uh, whatever, right? Things we shouldn't have done too, tag, and you know, stuff we shouldn't have done as well. But um, it was just a fun time to be outdoors, uh, which is something I really, really miss because I literally would stay outside until the, you know, till the streetlights came on. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't in, I had that mom that was like, you know, standing on the stoop calling out my name so i had to get back so it was fun time um you know middle school high school uh and it was just it was a it was a fun time and uh like i said the the challenge though you know and these are challenges that people deal with is yeah. you know not having a dad now see the thing I, I'm, I'm i'm listening to and i'm getting and i think a lot of people miss this i don't know how many miles it is from india to the states how many miles is it you got you guys I don't know. I know it's thousands and thousands because I always love the way the frequent flyer um, thing goes up. <laughs> Good point of reference. But, but right. it's on the other side of the planet. It's literally... Right. So how long does it take to get there? 20, 20, 22 hours, yeah. So think about this. If it takes 22 hours to get from India or from New Delhi to the States, wherever, we both or we all had pretty much the same upbringing and it's it's amazing maybe it shouldn't be but it's it's like there's a blueprint to life that as you grow up you know the family does raise the children you know i mean you had too many households to go into uh rick you know you express the same things about you know playing until the street lights came on and i've heard that story over generations and generations and the only thing that's changed is Times have modernized, you know, faster, newer, different types of cars. But it's the same, uh, the same lifestyle, basically. And we all have been exposed to it. And you would think, if we all have that much in common, why can't we just get along better, you know? Oh, goodness. That's yeah. a great question. I agree with you 100%. And that's yeah, kind of I mean, how we live. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's, our... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to well, say, it just boggles my mind. I know... I'm a, was it a square trying to fit into a round hole or whatever, however it goes. But I accept that because I don't feel that I should change my idealistic beliefs, uh, my desire to to gel and to blend with others genuinely, you know, um, just because a lot of people or maybe even most don't. You know, I, I think we can be better as human beings to one another, regardless of color and age and, you know, appearance and stuff like that. But the world has just gone bonkers, man. You know, it's, it's so true, Charles. And I think that um, what I think about is, especially how we are now, is Tasha leads with love. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a love bug. And I think that as we get to know people, you know, we just recently relocated to a southern part of the country. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, when you sit down and talk to them, we all, like you were saying, we all have the same desires, goals, concerns, yep. background. A lot of us yep. have dealt with some of the same, same things. So the way we kind of operate now is let's start from there. Let's right. start from that platform. Let's not prejudge based upon any other criteria that people may put out there, you know, political, sure. spiritual, religious, all those things. And let's start from a baseline of, hey, who are you? What do you want? How can we serve? How can we serve? How can right. we, you know, help? How can we help one another? And that's kind of if we are. I think if we all came from that heart, right? Tasha comes from, from that loving heart, mm-hmm. and understand, like you were saying, that we all have a, a very background that is very, very similar. I think yep. you're right. I think we can be, you know, it'd be a lot more harmonious. And I, I know, even Charles. look at, I even look at Rick's yeah. your 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 beginning. You know, you said you didn't have your dad. 
And I know today there are a lot of families with single parents, or they started with a single parent. Maybe they have a bonus parent. They may not. But the point is, I understand that it could be mind-boggling. It could be painful. It could be just, you know, it just takes can take you out of sorts. But you don't have to stay in that space. Yeah. You know, I think that um, instinctively, we know right from wrong. And instinctively, when you're in a relationship, that is, you even know that, well, you know, I may not have had my mom or I may not have had my dad around, but I'm with this woman, you know, or, you know, me and my spouse, we're together and we desire to have a fruitful family or have a good time together. Even though I was hurt, you know, by not having my parent, that doesn't mean I have to react or act out now that I know right from wrong, now that I am an adult and I can still have a fruitful life. I really believe that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy for everyone. I'm just saying that I think that that's not a reason to make it difficult for you, more difficult for yourself. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Rick is so sweet because he always says I lead with love and things like that. But um, it's really, I kind of have, and he knows this, and my sister says it all the time too. I have these rose-colored glasses on, okay? And it's just kind of, it's funny because I really, it's not that I want to believe that everybody's just kind and it's just all beautiful there, um, but it just feels that's a more natural way to um, move from, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and, and that just makes it easier and, and kind of, you know, with everything that we're all dealt, you know, different backgrounds, yeah. parent, not parent, the, the, the struggles that we've been given, um, that kind of love, you know, that kind of one thing that can keep us all together is mm-hmm. definitely something I think. I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, I know this, we're going we're gonna to move on, but I think that this is a very important aspect of life that um, many, they get it twisted. I mean, don't get me wrong. Once again, I know for... <clears throat> Certain groups like the African American community, my community in particular, we um, we've had the the stack uh, dealt against us. I do believe that, although that is true and that is factual, uh, there are and have been things that we've done that put us we put ourselves in a bad position somewhat too. But at the same time, um, there there's always something to prevent you or make it more challenging for you to get where you want to be. And that's not making an excuse for ourselves or anything like that. But you have to learn in this life. And part of our learning in this life is dealing with the tough times. And a good, good friend of mine always says that tough times don't laugh, but t- last, but tough people do. So we have to learn to be tough in life. You know, okay, fine. You may not have had, um, you know, the kind of food you want for a period of time, but that will pass and you'll have the opportunity to eat the kind of steaks if you like steaks or whatever it is you like. You know, mm-hmm. it, everything happens for a reason and there's a season. But um, l- let's move on. I mean, I know that you guys um, you, you guys have been together for some time and, you know, you're living your best lives from the perspective I see it. And uh, tell us a little bit about who you are today. You know, I, I appreciate what you just said because part of what this is all about is growth and continued mm-hmm. growth, and a desire to want to grow. Yep. And as you said, we have these seasons mm-hmm. and people can get trapped in seasons. I've been trapped in seasons uh, where I wasn't willing to, to grow. So, you know, Tasha came into my life about uh, 10, 11 years ago. Okay. And that to me was an opportunity for growth. Uh, mm-hmm. We are both entrepreneurs. We both are entrepreneurial minded. Like you were talking about earlier is, you know, being that square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. You know, I was uncomfortable being that for a period of time because I just thought I was supposed to go down a certain, you know, road and be nor- like the normal road of what everybody else does. And right. you know, meeting Tasha, who was uh, adventurous, entrepreneurial, um, you know, somebody who challenged the status quo, it made me kind of think about what we really wanted to do. And, and, and she kind of caught me at a time when I was in a little bit of a crisis health wise. And, 
And our journey kind of began with, you know, me making a final decision after after having to grow because it took me about two years to make the decision. Okay. Um, to you know, take back my health, to um, lean into some of the uh, entrepreneurial pursuits that she kind of brought to the table. You know, be- start believing in and understanding that I didn't have to go down one road. There's not just one road. You know, there's there's multiple roads. And, right. And and the the journey is, and it's a lifelong journey, is finding that road that's a fit for you. So, mm. you know, I kind of started there with her, and I'll, I'll let her um, share a little bit. You know, um, Charles, uh, when Rick and I first met, um, it's quite a funny story, actually, but we met at a networking event. As you know, okay. we are networkers, so it's only yep. fitting that we met at a networking event. But I was just really... Um, you know, it's like they talk about love at first sight. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't love at first sight, but it was being mesmerized with the possibility of, and it wasn't about love or how he looked. I mean, he's very handsome. I mean, there's, you know, very okay. easy on Thanks. the eyes. Right, there but, you go. But um, it wasn't that I, he and I started talking about um, our visions and where we wanted to be and the impact we wanted to have. And I remember talking to him and like, it was so like connected to what I wanted and I was um, pursuing, Mm -hmm. but he actually spoke it into words. So it was a spiritual connection? I'm, I think it was, you know, it was definitely spiritual was there. It was, it was, you know, I, I really walked away that evening, like what just happened and who was that? And not in a way of, I got to have, you know, like not in a. No, no, I, I get it. Yeah. Everything is not always about the physical attraction or the romantic aspect. Yeah. Sometimes you're just yeah. attracted to a being for their genuine presence yeah. and what they have to offer as a being. I get that. Exactly. So it was this very, you know, and I meet people all the time and I was out and all, but there was this like, wow, you know, oh, and it was not an unfamiliar. It was all, it was so comfortable. It was like, oh, there you are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's how we started. And yeah, he, you know, he did come from, you know, corporate America and a lawyer by background and all. And he had all that, but then right. he had this adventure, which <clears throat> when we'd talk and we'd open our hearts up and all was so there, but in, in, in times of like building up to where we got to a point where we could actually live the adventure, there were times, you know, where he wasn't sure or, you know, and um, we're both... Like most relationships. Yeah, and we're yeah, both... Yeah, but uh, and, that's, and that's just life, though, right? We have our ups and downs and our uncertainties, and, you know, we got these great plans, and all of a sudden it's like, um, I think, maybe? And then, I, this is my opinion, it's up to the two people to affirm one another and mm-hmm. to, you know, put it out there, whatever. I don't know if we should do this. I don't know if this is going to work. What do you think? Can we do this? Right. You know, when I'm down, you're you pull me up. When you're down, I pull you up. And when we're both up, we kill it. You know. True. And, <laughs> so true. and Charles, here's true. the thing. So we were doing that, but we're also very fiery people. We're very strong. We're very strong, opinionated. We're very, um, you know, okay on our own as well. We're better together, but we're both strong people. So. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, we've definitely, it's been a, a, a challenge, you know, there's challenges involved with, you know, the peaks that we've gotten to and where we are. Right. Um, some of them, you know, difficult, you know, even within our relationship. But I think what that what that speaks to is like what Charles was talking about earlier is those seasons we go through. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the growth yeah. that we go through as, you know, ironing, sharpening iron. Yep. Willing, the willingness to want to grow. Yeah. And yep. I think that's what for both of us is we, as we've gone through this journey. And as she said, we've you know, we have our peaks and valleys, but to stay at the peaks, we realize that it's about the growth. It's about not about me. It's about serving her. It's about seeing how I can be better in, in a relationship, seeing how I can be a better 
husband, friend, I can be a better business partner, all those things that challenge me to be better. And when I, when I want to bump my head against the brick wall back here, that's the growth. You know, that's and the you know what though, like, keep hitting that wall, or you can like say, okay, let's 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 listen in and lean into it a little bit more, and then give in and serve as opposed to hitting that brick wall. And even though no one really wants it, we and we don't always see it. Sometimes it's good to have those valleys because then you can appreciate the peaks a lot better. I mean, let's be honest. No one wants a bad time. No one wants to have a drought or a period of time when the, the, the revenue is not coming in. But the reality is when you do have those moments, you know, that gives you a chance to go to your, your provider, you know, um, your, your support, each other. And, and humble yourself and realize and maybe even recalibrate. And I believe it's important you recalibrate, refresh, you know, you reposition re yourself and maybe even sometimes reinvent or rebrand. You know, there's a lot of reason there, but they all serve a purpose. And many times people that are always gung-ho and on, on fire, they, wouldn't, they would not know how to handle some down times or they don't handle them very well. I'll put it like that. Well, yeah. my co-host isn't here today. My co-host is. I know. I was it, waiting. I was looking forward. To yeah, that's that's my girl, my daughter. You know, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got her fitness brand. She's got her ideas. She's trying to do all these different things, and she's going to get them done. You know, I like to give her space to to breathe on her own, but at the same time, because I've been doing uh, or been an entrepreneur for a long time from different angles, I give her whatever I can. And depending on what she's in need of. Um, but we have questions we want to ask you. So we want to ask you some questions. Okay. And it's up to you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. And, you know, whatever you feel or you think, that's all good. So I'm going to start with um, the first thing. And we've got a bunch of questions. So here we go. What's all happiness right. to you? What's happening? Is that what no, what's, what's, oh, what's happiness? Happiness to you. Yeah. Um, okay. Just joy, like love, love. Like okay. That's the first word that comes to me. Um, okay. To be in the state of. Um, mm. is, wow. Yeah. For me. Yeah. What about you, Rick? Wow. I think um, happiness is when I feel that I'm in a space that I can give to myself mm. and I, which allows me to be more giving to others. So okay. <clears throat> happiness to me is when I'm in a state, a personal state where I'm feeling good, confident, um, you know, good about myself and what's going on so that I can be more open to being a better person to others. Right. So, wow, that's good. You know, I, I don't normally, um, throw my own answer in there but for myself i would say that happiness is sometimes because i guess tasha kind of like made me think of something i always say being in a state of being you know just mm -hmm. not just existing like you know a nomad but being whereas i don't necessarily want anything i'm not trying to do anything i'm not expecting anything you know it's not right. about money it's just being able to appreciate being in the state of of being sometimes it just feels so good you know it's like you can appreciate your surroundings you can uh, appreciate everything that's in your 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 space you know internal space your ex external space and it's sometimes a very good feeling you know so here's another question if you could have an alter ego who would you be whatever answer it is your normal selves, a uh, 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 fictitious character, it does whatever. Who would your alter ego be? Wow, when I when I grew up, man, I'll tell you, there were two characters that I loved the most: mm -hmm. um, Spider Man and the Black Panther. And what I loved about those alter egos were they seemed to be somewhat normal people on the surface, but with a with the ability to be super when necessary. 
and being powerful when necessary, being vulnerable when necessary, um, and, you know, kicking butt and taking names when necessary. So I, you know, I really, I see, you know, superheroes are kind of like that alter ego and Spider-Man, the way that he showed up as kind of an ordinary person and Black Panther, those were the two characters I, I grew up loving the most and, and probably the alter egos I would love. The Black Panther was just, I mean, that's just sheer beauty. When you see a Black Panther, yeah. It's, and blue or steel gray eyes. It's just a beautiful, that coat. beautiful being. Sleekness, and yeah. And in fact, I had, and you may you may relate to this, I had one of those velvet paintings of one that you put the black light on it, that it would make it, you know, yeah. the image light up. I remember those light. days, so, yeah. So yeah. I, I, that, those are two kind of alter egos, I would, I would say. Hmm. You know... I lost my mom when I was 18. Mm. Um, that, Sorry to hear that. She was a huge force in, in our life. And I was really lucky to have aunts who raised me, who were her first cousins, because she was an only child, who were also huge forces. And, you know, my mom gave me that kind of thing of being able to talk to people and be in the community and she was very social and she was much more social than me actually. But I always, I think um, if I could have an alter ego, I would want her ability to be calm. <laughs> Sometimes I think I, you know, it's too much. Like there's that, you know, everybody's saying that these days, like some, some people, um, may not get you, they're not your people. You might be mm. too much for some people. Yeah. Like I feel like, I feel like sometimes I might be too much. And sometimes I think that if I had, and, and I, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, Charles that like, you know, only the good die young, God takes the ones he wants and stuff like that. So like she was, she was the real deal, you know, like she could work right. a room and she could make people feel so loved and everything and and yet she had this calmness about her and this just this state of being like you mm -hmm. were saying mm -hmm. and i wish i had gotten i got a little bit more of my dad's fiery side unfortunately <laughs> well you know you know how that goes so, you know the best of both worlds yeah. but i but never really thought of it like as a you know, I mean, Wonder Woman was my hero, but mm -hmm. I've never really thought of an alter ego that way, except like having some calm or like just, yeah, just her grace, you know? I just yeah. Grace. You know, I think sometimes <laughs> some people don't realize or don't believe that there are people that can be genuine and they really don't want anything from you. They don't want to do anything right. to you. They're just being kind or nice because that's who they are and they're showing up as their authentic selves. And it's so, I hate to say it, not the norm that people look yeah. at you like, what are you up to? And exactly. nothing. Yeah, it's like, no, just, no, I'm just saying hi, that's all. Because I'll right. talk to, like, like probably like you guys, I'll speak to anybody. I don't care how high, high up the chain you are. Or how low, it really matters not to me. Um, everyone should be able to receive kindness, acknowledgement, just because you are a living human being. And again, I hate to say it, and it may not make sense to some people. I shouldn't say I hate to say it, but even the crudest of people deserve respect. Um, they may not give it, <clears throat> which makes it hard for people to say they don't deserve it, but... Everyone deserves acknowledgement or respect. They say it all the time. Babies cry for it and men die for it. And that's attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Charles, yeah. that's so true. Like where we are, mm -hmm. you know, we're in mm -hmm. parts and moving around and things like that. But it's like sometimes I'll get a little, because for me, it's just meeting people and making that human connection. It's what keeps me alive. Like I love that. That's, that's just being able to talk or connect with someone and, I get, uh, you know, and I feel like you can tell when the people just kind of feel like, what's with her? Or, like, what does she want? Or, you know what I mean? And I'm yep, like, really? I sure yeah, do. I just want to 
Look at look, I never fit in anywhere I go unless I'm around like minded people. A lot of times people look at me like, Do you have to talk to everybody? Did you know oh did you know that guy? I'm like, no. You act like you knew him. It was yeah. just a genuine interaction. It didn't have to amount to anything. I mean, right. yeah, I got books, but every time I see someone, I'm not trying to sell a book or a CD. Or it's just like, right. hey, how you doing? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a corn I'm a cornball. My kids would say that to us all the time. See, you gotta talk to everybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. We got a comment. Someone said. Uh, Great dialogue with a great couple. Thanks for sharing your stories. I can't see um, their name because it just says Facebook user, but uh, that's great. I'm definitely, thank you for your comment. Thank you. How are you both finding ways to network during this pandemic? That's another question just popped in. Okay, so this is exciting. We just actually, so you know, I mean, we network. Um, C4, right? Obviously, yes, but I, you know, I run C4, and during the, you know, before the pandemic, it was in person, it was at All Set, it was at different other venues, and doing happy hours and lunches and so forth. Through the pandemic, we switched to Zoom and did the first and third Tuesdays of the month, and then over the past month and a half, we took a break because of the summertime <clears throat> and because of us downsizing, getting rid mm -hmm. of things, relocating, moving. And yesterday, was it yesterday? Tuesday. 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 It was Tuesday. We had the first C4 Zoom again, start back up. Nice. Um, so go back to the two times a month on Zoom. And here's the thing, because people are, you know, meeting again and things like that, but we are on the road. So this might be the first time people hear about this, Charles, here on your show, which is really amazing. Way to so go. So we have, we have this plan, and it's going to be The Adventures of R&T. And you know that book when you were a kid called Where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going <clears> to <throat> do Where's Whedon. And <laughs> it's going to be a hashtag, Where's Whedon? And we're going to start travels. We've got, um, we've been blessed with family, friends, and um, teammates, colleagues. colleagues around the country. And we're, as we start to set off to kind of go around. And we're going to take our networking with us. So Smart. Um, we're, while we're here in this um, southwestern Virginia area, we get out, we meet people. We just met a wonderful woman today who owns a beautiful boutique. And it's just just connecting and then saying, you know, it doesn't have to be just in one area. So I'm really trying to um, make C4 and make networking more of a uh, no boundaries kind of thing. If you okay. have a business that, you know, it can be everywhere, that you can do that. Well, that's so, great. That's great because I think uh, sometimes, you know, one of the best pieces of advice, and I've said this so many times, people probably uh, will tell me what I'm about to say, but one of the best pieces of advice I was given as an adult even was to trust myself. You know, a coach said, trust yourself. Just trust yourself. And I was like, that's not the answer I'm looking for. How do you do this thing? And then I started thinking about it. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. I'm like, yeah, because I do believe in um, the spirit of discernment. I do believe in, I'll just say for lack of a better expression, a higher power, one that resides within as well. And I do believe that we have all that we need. It's just that, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes we're not positioning ourselves the right way to take advantage of what we already are harnessing. So um, when they said trust yourself and it settled on me, you know, that made a lot of sense. And I'm seeing as your ideas are coming up about how you're going to do where's the Whedon's or where's, what is it, where's Whedon or where are the Whedon's? Where's, where's Whedon? Where's Whedon? So that's a great idea. And having the ability. I should put an S on it, but I, it's where's Walter? No, where's Whedon? Well, I mean, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to step one. out of that. We are one. We are one. We are one. We are one. <laughs> There you go. Where's Wheaton? Yeah. The R&T show, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, today on the R&T show, we're talking about where's Wheaton. If you can guess. <laughs> you know, Look, if Charles, you can guess. I just, especially 
after this year and a half, this whole time we've all gone through, um, where, you know, I mean, just so much of just struggle and stuff and, and good things and silver linings. And I mean, we've been blessed and grateful and, and, you know, um, I think it's really, I just want to tell people to do that. Like what you said earlier, be in a place of being yeah. and do yeah. things. We, if, if this time hasn't shown us, we have this one life and it's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised, you know? Then I totally I agree. Know. I totally agree. I think it was uh, this old, old school guy named Lou Rawls. Uh, from yeah. back in the days, he had the oh, song. Yeah. He says, "You only have one life to live. Live it in peace. Live mm -hmm. it in love." You know, mm -hmm. and uh, it That's just right. made so much sense. But um, I got a couple more questions for you. So, uh, okay. Kate, Kate Fit, my daughter, she put these questions together. So here we go. Awesome. Presently, are you living or existing? That's probably an easy one. Oh <laughs> uh, well, well. Let me first first because we didn't say this in the beginning, Sir Charles. We we're grateful that you brought us on your show and we're very thankful that kfit put these questions together for us yeah and you know those of you who get a chance to be a part of this you know this is great so so thank you <clears throat> and so we want to just give you the flowers now so thank you i appreciate um, that absolutely yeah but we're living man i think this you know part of what we've manifested over the last couple years because tosh and i've been talking about we're getting to that empty empty nesting stage um, we want to travel, we want to see the country, we want to meet people, as she said, and, and just and be more in service to people about what we're about and, and, and enjoying what, what this life has to offer. Hmm. So two years ago, you know, she was talking about RV, she was talking about downsizing, she was, and I was getting excited because I'm like, yes, we can downsize, get rid of all this stuff. Right. And I think that we came to the conclusion um, earlier this spring that it's time to live. It's time for us to kind of do some things and, and, and things kind of fell into place. Circumstances kind of happened, allowed it to fall into place. And we decided, because I think all things are about decision-making mm -hmm. as opposed to having decisions made on you, we decided to start living and we've just been having a lot of fun in the process and obviously it's definitely uh it's work too i mean because you know it's not fun 24 7 there's no right. such thing however there is growth as we talked about before there is meeting new people there's new adventures there's new um possibilities that we see and for us it's time to live and i think we're we're living which yeah. is it's, it's, living our best life yes instead of existing yeah i want to get that Okay, here's another one that um, she's come up with. I think it's a bit of a challenge, but it's real. And do you believe in the American dream, as some call it, you know? I think, I think you can define it the way you want to. I think we're fortunate and blessed to be in a country where, despite all the challenges and difficulties that have happened for 400 years of its growth, as far as you know, black folk being involved and in the growth of this nation and, and, you know, indigenous folks and what they've had to go through and, you know, um, folks from, you know, other cultures who've come in, um, even the majority cultures. I mm -hmm. mean, some, you know, Irishmen and so forth, when they came and Frenchmen had mm -hmm. challenges associated with being in this country, but it's still the opportunity that you can be blessed to do what you want to do thus yeah. far and we're yeah. so grateful that we do have that ability we're looking at a, a, a we got a picture uh painting that says live the the life you love yeah. and um and i think that's in this country you can live the life you love however you got to be willing to do a few things you got to be willing to pay some prices you got to be willing to to grow, you got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Get out of that comfort zone. You got to be willing to, 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 as you said before, which I believe, trust in the higher power that has created such miraculous opportunities and, and and visions for us, even just through the physical visions of, you know, the mountains or the trees, 
that how powerful that is that we have that opportunity with inside ourselves to be that powerful if we're listening to that inner voice that you were reflecting on earlier. So go ahead. Charles, I, you know, being born in, in India and in another country and, and then coming over here and all, and just kind of raised by my parents were very international and educated in England and things like that. But the American dream was something different that I saw as a kid than what I see today. Please expand um, on that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, this country really, if you think about it from the beginning, was really built on entrepreneurial minds. Yes, it was. And, you know, it was built on taking <clears throat> risks and getting out of comfort zones and doing things that had never been done before. And, Sacrifice? You know, building roads, sacrificing, all that. And that, I, I feel, has been lost here. Mm. And people have become sheeple. And it's kind of like they just are following the other per Like people are just listening to whatever's being told to them yep. um, on TV or by there's some person who's decided they know it all or, you know, a politician or, uh, you know, there's, you know, there, you're just not, you're not thinking for yourself anymore. You're, you know, and, and what, Did you say what sheeple? is happening? Sheeple instead yeah. of people. Exactly. Be a, be a, be a, be a person, not a, a sheep. <laughs> no, I, I, I got you. I'm with you. So I mean, the good thing about that, though, in terms of when the season comes, if people do kind of wake up and are willing to change direction, there is opportunity for them to do so here, as opposed to some places that I've visited in, you know, Central America or in India where we've gone, where there's immense poverty. And it's hard for that upward mobility to happen in some places. Um, even if you do kind of take Indeed. the initiative yeah. to do so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I'm talking about the human spirit probably more. Um, I do, we see it most in the States, I think, just because we are here. Right. But just that, that um, I think, and maybe, you know, I used to think that the pandemic was God's way of saying, you know, y'all are just misbehaving and you know you don't Maybe. get along with each other and you, know, you don't get along you're not taking care of yourselves each other the planet um nothing so go to your room for a while but i think it also um, just let me interject to you here real quickly that you know we i talked about playing outside when i was a kid mm -hmm. we didn't have as much technology as we have now, now i think technology right. is a blessing in many ways but i also think that it's been a, a hardship on yeah us. hardship yeah absolutely and a challenge because people have become so reliant on on technology and on things that were not as adventurous and risk-oriented as Tashi was talking about. True, and frankly, I've just lost that great lost art of conversation yep. or communication. communication. We've turned into you know? an IG world. It's, an, it's all about IG, and I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about instant gratification. You know, Absolutely. so people stop, exactly. they start, they, excuse me, they stop trying. They don't sacrifice. They have a here now, want it now mindset. They want the results without the work. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's why and I talk I about think, paying the price. And I think the American dream mm. was really mm. about a dream. Like mm. what, I mean, most people don't remember their dreams. And yeah. that's so. Bad. And I think that's that's really what um, breaks my heart and wants what why Rick and I do what we do, because, you know, to show people there there is a better way. There is a healthier way. There is a wealthier way. There is a more, um, you know, um, way to an imagination way. There's it's all possible. Yeah. But you have to. But you have to get off that couch and turn off that TV, and you've got to, you know, maybe get outside do of your comfort zone, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my, my co-host, she's online. She says you're a beautiful couple. She loves your responses, and uh, she's really right here riding the way with us. She was a little bit under the weather. Tell her, 
Thank you. Beautiful yes, thank question. Kate Pitt, if you're still there, I hope you're still hearing this. She says, how do you feel about America's VP being from India? Oh, she's got in, of Indian descent, um, Kamala Harris. She made history today as she met with the Prime Minister of India, the White House, for the first time. Okay, she's hearing it. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if that comment came from her also. Yeah. Excuse me, let me just turn this off. You got an alarm going off over here when to turn on. <clears throat> it's all Sorry. good. All good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Kamala's, Kamala Harris, amazing. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I think she's great. I mean, she's a beautiful woman and, and she's doing some great things. I think during the whole thing, it was so funny because we are of color. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm from India. Rick's African-American, you're African-American. So I think during the time when, you know, it was all about Kamala, it was like when it suited people, she was Indian. And when it suited people, she was African-American. And I was like, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you've got an African American in the White House. No, actually, you have a you know Southeast Asian African American. <laughs> so um, I'm just so happy that um, she's there. I mean that there's you know we <clears throat> are seeing that where you know Obama and, and Kamala and and the yeah, fact that it's I, a woman too. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, you know I I must admit my only concern which is not really founded or based on anything solid was you know how balanced if we have a woman president how balanced would she be in the midst of controversy or in the midst of uh you know on the verge of war or in the midst of war you know would she yeah. make sound decisions and i realized that the decisions are not just hers alone to make her joint chiefs of staff are there to support her but just sure. like they have executive decisions you know would you know things fare well but outside of that i don't think there's a reason i don't see a problem with having a woman president regardless of her nationality and uh, i no. think uh, this really opens up the door um uh for for many things to come in the future so oh sure and to answer cape it um also all for it i mean i grew up india had an amazing prime minister, um, Indira Gandhi, who was a woman um, years ago. And I mean, so just having women leaders um, is not foreign or something, you know, right. unexpected for, and certainly, you know, not for it. But yeah, I'm super happy. She's amazing. She's great. Yeah, she was, she was also saying that, you know, in New York, we have a, a female mayor now. So we're going to get down yeah. to to the brass tacks in life there's a couple of about two or three uh serious questions that may maybe not uh cause some okay. deeper thought um what has been your greatest weakness hmm. wow that's a great question um i think for me my greatest weakness has been when i'm not willing to grow when I'm not willing to humble out, when I'm not willing to, you know, listen to my inner voice. Um, I think when I try to listen for myself and try to do for myself and try to be in myself mm -hmm. is my, is my greatest weakness. Um, when I pull myself out of those types of thoughts or thinking or patterns that alleviates that weakness and i see that i'm stronger than that by not allowing myself to stay in that place so part of my greatest weakness is learning how to um you know be more out of myself mm -hmm. um, and not turning inward because if i turn inward then i'm just not the person i'm i was i was meant to be on this planet I'm, not, I'm okay. not the person that I, I need to be as a partner, as a husband. I'm not the business partner. I'm not a good relative. Um, so those, that's, that's probably the great, my, one of my greatest weaknesses. So here's the challenge for Tasha. I'm not going to ask her to answer the same question. However, <laughs> I, I will ask her 
What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Almost the same thing, but a little different. Well, Come on, it was only two years ago. What's what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I would tell her. Um, I would tell her to first of all go into entrepreneurship much sooner than I did. Okay. <laughs> Rush in there quickly. Um, I would have told her to do that for sure. But I would have also told her that not, don't worry, like everything's going to be okay. Because yeah. I think I spent a lot of time with worry. Um, mm. And um, like I said, lost my mom young. And so my dad and my sister, so kind of had to kind of take control of family and stuff like that. So there was just always, there was, I think I let a lot of fear in the word fear of, you know, false evidence appearing real, mm -hmm. um, make some decisions in my life that I could have um, avoided and right. not had to live through, you know. Um, and I'm sure Rick can think of no, some no. things I could tell my It's all good. It's all good. I just want to make a quick... You know what? I say this because this man is really my human diary. Sometimes I feel like he knows me better than I know myself. And usually those are the times when I don't want to feel like he knows me but better you know than I know myself. It's so funny you say that. I think, wow, and it's hard to say this, but because I've gone through this also. Um, I think it's part of your responsibility to know your person, but it should not be yeah. a burden. You know, it's like it should be like a labor of love. You observe them. You listen to what they say, what they don't say. You know their mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they need that because they may not feel themselves. But we both, both partners need it. You know, again, mm -hmm. when you're down, he's up. When he's down, you're up. And when you're both up, look out world. That's the way, to me. You know, again, I'm an idealistic. I'm an old soul, you know, old yeah. cornball romantic in my own way. Don't Okay. That's that's the way it should be, you know. And if, if I were to never love again, it wouldn't matter. That to me is the way that life should be lived and and led as well. So, um, so what's going on? Do you guys are still with isogenics? You've got some other things. What are you guys doing? So yeah, man, as entrepreneurs that are passionate about making a difference in people's lives through sharing of information and uplifting people, we are with Isogenics. We're partnered with them for a great high quality fulfillment company in the area of nutrition. But we've also kind of expanded that and created or been a part of a group that's created called ER Shred, Elimination Reset Shred, where we're showing people, man, some, some principles of health that I never knew existed when I started with this company eight years ago. Mm. We're kind of just, just kind of cap it. It's, it's kind of taking people back to ancestral ways of, of eating and living along with the 21st century supplementation that is necessary in a toxic world that we live in. Wow. So it, it's, it's really kind of a combination of that along with other um, you know, remedies that, that we, we offer, but we're really about uplifting and leveling up people who are ready for that okay. to, to enter their life, you know, who are in that season of, of, of openness, yeah. that they're looking for ways that they can level up themselves physically, financially, um, you know, grow as, as people and, and we can be there to help support in whatever way we can be there. Well, that's great. Thank you. Since we saw you, saw you last and everything. So yeah, you know, partnered with Isogenics, we, we created our platform called Wealth Through Wellness. And okay. that kind of has a space for, you know, all that what Rick said, um, definitely health solutions in different areas of aging, weight, um, inflammation, just getting the body into balance and really taking control. But just again, through going through this pandemic and where people were left without incomes and work and all, 
we're really passionate about showing people a way to create community income, community building that's in their own control. So something like a job loss or illness or a pandemic doesn't take them out, you know? Mm. So there's that. And then just, you know, we partner with some amazing people like you, coaches, who are there to help change the mindset. Yep. Nothing happens in the body when the mind isn't right. Yeah. You know, so there's, we do a lot of that spiritual thing. But, you know, it really is just about living our best life and who can we serve and how can we help. And, you know, that's just where we are. You guys have an amazing story. That's why I, you know, I'm going to have to have you guys come back again because uh, K Fit, you know, she's really kind of like in alignment with your journey, you know, her with the health and, you know, the health and fitness, and she does meal plan, meal prep, and things of that nature. So, you know, hopefully we can have you come back another time when she's here, and uh, maybe we can have a show based more on the nutritional and health and wellness uh, perspective, maybe that can be a theme and, you know, we can just have a bunch of great information being shared so that people can, you know, get what they really need. And at least, you know, if you if, look, if people don't want to take advantage of it, there's nothing we can do, but we can at least put it out there for them. Yeah. Like you said, Mr. Charles, radiating the brain, you know, getting people to really open their mindset as, as Tasha was talking about, and once we can get the mindset open to understanding and appreciating the bigger game, you know, because yep. it is a game. It's, it's a game. If we talk about our political system, the yeah. corporate system, the food, food commercialized. Industry. That's right. Industry, it's all a game. And if we can kind of get our minds around that and our hearts around serving others and then around what the possibilities are, man, watch yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's funny. Next week we have uh, um, Dr. Lane Rowling coming next week. He is a virologist and a Mm. trauma surgeon, and he's going to be talking about this pandemic and things that he knows—not things, not theories, but things that he knows um, that are instrumental, that are helpful, that are faux pas about what we're doing, how we're living. You know, I mean, it's just—he's going to hit. Yeah, he's going to hit the ball out the park. I've already listened to him uh, interview uh, with other people, and I just can't wait for him to come on because um, I think people need to hear the real deal. I understand what mass hysteria is about, and I know that the government feels they have um, a responsibility to prevent that, which is true, but I also think they have a bigger responsibility to tell people the truth. And I'm not totally confident that they're getting... You know, all of the eggs in in the basket. I think there's certain things being left out. So he's going to fill in the blanks next week. So that's it's all so good. Yeah. Um, so, Charles, see- you're doing such amazing things. I started watching this, you know, this show and everything, and I just mm-hmm. think it's wonderful. And we Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, it I, I, I started thinking about, you know, of course, Change the Brain is a platform, and what's your come-up story the reason is because everyone does have a story. And many people feel that, oh, I'm too old, or nobody wants to hear what I have to say, or no one's interested. But the truth is, you never know how easy or how simplistic or how meaningful your thing is. Whatever your thing is, it's because of you. You may be the subject matter expert in that area of doing your thing. I don't care if it's carpentry if it's cooking if it's music or writing a book that's your sweet spot and so many people just i think dr miles Monroe said it best there's so many wealthy people in the graveyard because they never wrote their books and i went on to say well they never created the patents they never made the copyrights they never made the inventions so you know if it's to be it's up to me and if not you, who, and if not now, when? So I think that's really important. And with that being said, folks, uh, I def- just definitely thank, uh, thank you for being on the show. I want to ask Kate Fit if she has any uh, exiting questions because she's been watching the show. Yay. I'm going back in. If she's got any questions, and thank you, Sharon Parker, for adding, my, sweet, my sweetheart, adding your questions and comments. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> thank you, Sharon. 
And uh, let's see if K-Fit has any questions or any comments before we close out. So far, it doesn't seem like she's saying anything. So I'm going to count that. She's good. Count that as a thumbs up. And once again, I thank you guys. Uh, we got a hold on. What's that? Something came in. <clears throat> oh, contact information. Where can we follow you? <laughs> That's great. Well, we're on we Rick Whedon and Natasha Whedon on Facebook. We're Rick and Tasha on Instagram. We have a Well Through Wellness page on Facebook and a Well Through Wellness page on Instagram. We're both on LinkedIn as well. Nice. Um, wellthroughwellness.com. Okay. And for those of you that have been watching, we've been speaking with Rick and Natasha Whedon. Um, you know, this has been a great information. I, I advise you just to, you know, get pen and paper, watch it out, put hashtag replay. If you're watching in the replay, if you've been watching it live, thank you for your time. That is something you can never, ever get back. Uh, know that <clears throat> we've got a couple of things coming up. So I want you guys to know about that. Let's see if I can share that with you right now on tomorrow. Uh, I've been in the trenches working towards some things that are very meaningful to me and, Let's see if I can share it with you right here. Bam, there it is. Tomorrow is the debut of the single Crazy Love by the Free Band featuring myself, Sir Charles Carey, as well as DJ Louie Lou on the ones and twos. <laughs> so tomorrow will be the documentary which takes place at, um, let's see, the documentary is at 7 p.m., uh, you can watch it on Facebook. It's no cost. Uh, and also tomorrow will be the debut of not just a single being released, but also the um, the music video. So we have a lot going on. We're excited about it. And then, of course, after that, we have another project coming up. Let me see if I can share that with you, which I know I can. It's called In the Morning. This is a single, a remix single <clears throat> titled In the Morning. Uh, by yours truly, Sir Charles Carey, uh, also co-written by my good friend Carl T. Smith. And uh, once again, I'm excited about it because this is what I do. This is what I love. Music has always been a big part of my life. I've just taken breaks. It never broke. I broke. So <laughs> it's all good. So thanks again, folks. And uh, y'all have a great night. And we're looking forward to the next time. <laughs>